Hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of No Limits with Gary and Mac, brought to you by the State Hornet Podcast Network. As always, I'm your co-host, Mac Irvin III, and joining me is my good friend, Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's Hannah? What's good with Mac Irvin III? Oh, man, it's been a busy week, and I'm actually glad we put off recording until Thursday night because... Big piece of NFL news dropped, so we got to talk about that. We got to talk about Carson Wentz. Draymond Green went on another one of his seemingly trademark rants now, so we'll discuss that about double standards in the NBA. And then we are introducing our new Weekly Kings segment, which we're tentatively calling the Royal Check-In. And we'll find (laughs) out. We'll talk about what the hell has happened to the Sacramento Kings since we last talked about them. But first, let's talk about... Carson Wentz in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles officially traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts today, and they did not get very big of a return. They got a 2021 third-round pick and a conditional 2022 second-round pick that could turn into a first depending on playing time and if the Colts make the playoffs. So, I mean, there was a a lot of talk about Carson and what kind of quarterback he was going to be going forward, what his status was with the Eagles, but now that he's gone, do you see this as an upgrade for the Colts, and does this put them higher on the Super Bowl contender list? So, Mac, really, this trade, like we was basically saying, like you said right there, is basically imminent that we knew this was going to happen to Wentz because Philadelphia wanted a restart with their young quarterback they got right now and Jalen Hurts. And in terms of the question of the day, well, this is this a, is this an upgrade? I mean, an upgrade basically because they had no quarterback, so it has to be an upgrade in a sense because you all know Philip Rivers basically is retired and they're moving on from him. You know, it's an upgrade in the sense that I think people have been writing Carson Wentz off, and I always been iffy in the middle of Carson Wentz. He's only had now looking back at it now, people kept praising that 11 game span, his that one, when he was in the MVP conversation a few years ago, and. Lucky, lucky Carson Wentz. He's coming back to his old offensive coordinator, Frank Wright, to double check. Frank Wright, and that's the only guy who really believed in him, and this is, the, I think, the right spot for him to go. If he's going to really pump up his career again and hit a fresh restart, this is the place to go. I mean, it's kind of similar because they kind of, him and uh, Rivers kind of look similar to Bill. Obviously, Wentz can be more mobile than him. Has all has probably the greater arm, obviously, than right now because he's a younger version of him, kind of, in a sense. And... Man, he got some weapons out there. They got like, they got still got T.Y. Hillen out there. They got a good offensive line. The defense is solid. They're a playoff team this year. So, I mean, he went to a good situation, and I think if he can make the best of it to re, you know, re-clean up his name and put himself back up top with a, uh, where he should be in terms of quarterbacks, because right now we know he's down in the dump. So, but in terms of Super Bowl, Mac, no, not contender. They can be in the – I'll say they'll be a playoff push. They'll be in the playoffs – Maybe even get to the second round, but Super Bowl, I don't just don't see it just yet. So I've never been all that high on Carson Wentz, even when he first came into the league. You know, I I thought you know he was playing in the FCS for a reason, and obviously my opinion on that has changed having watched some of the players here at Sacramento State. You know, the FCS is no slouch. It's just you know players get overlooked sometimes and have to go to smaller programs than all the big games that are shown on ESPN but there's still good players coming out of the FCS on a yearly basis still that being said I've never been a big Carson Wentz guy he just doesn't seem like he just doesn't seem like he has that x factor for me mm. and you mentioned that 11 game run that they went on in 2017 where they obviously won the Super Bowl but remember he got hurt 
during that year in yeah. the later stages. Didn't even make the didn't even get a chance to start a playoff game. They had to rely on Nick Foles. And fortunately he was able to pull it through for him. And he's just never looked right since that injury. They threw a whole lot of money at him and then for them to give up uh what one or two years into that massive contract and Keep in mind, they're eating $34 million of dead cap this year by trading him. It's not like they saved. I mean, they saved for further down the line, but they're still going to be feeling it in this offseason. And then the return they got for the Eagles just really kind of paltry for me. If you're talking about hmm. an ex-first-round quarterback, right? He was number two overall, let's remember, behind Jared Goff, who I wasn't that high on either. But the fact of the matter is... He, you signed him to that multi-million dollar contract, and you were only able to get two picks for him. You got more for Sam Bradford than you did oh. for Carson Wentz, and that's just really surprising to me from the Eagles' side of things, especially having got rid of Doug Peterson there. Seems like they're starting all fresh. For the Colts, I feel like this is a low-risk move. I tweeted this out earlier. I felt It felt like it was low-risk, high-reward, because if Carson Wentz is able to replicate that 2017 form, then... I mean, we're looking at possible Super Bowl contenders. Now, that's a big if because, you know, he's been rattled these last couple years, especially when they brought in Jalen Hurts. That seemed to really shatter any kind of confidence he had left. So I'm curious on that front. But I understand why Indianapolis did it. They're saying, you know, we have a late draft pick. We're probably not going to get anybody stellar. So let's take a flyer on Carson Wentz and see what we got for a year. They'll know really late on whether it'll be a first or a second round pick and I suspect if he's not doing well they're gonna pull him and replace him with whoever the backup would be to ensure that it's a second round pick and not a first round pick so I mean I mean we'll just have to see how it goes it it could go a lot of different ways but I just I don't you're right I don't see them being Super Bowl contenders I do think they'll be competitive and I want to see how he does in a new situation but I need to see how he performs there well I think you hit it on the money Mac I mean, realistically, I didn't think they were going to get that much anyway for him. We all knew he wanted to get traded. He, They wanted to trade him out. We all knew they were going to take the cap pit to give a fresh start. So in terms of the deal, I mean, I think Colts obviously snook, snook one through to get a good deal. But at the same time, I feel like they got they didn't get the first round all pick that they wanted, which I think everyone and their mamas knew they weren't going to get that type of pick for him. So I think they got the best they could for him. Like you said, maybe they could end up getting a first round pick if everything goes their way. But in terms of the Colts, like you said, they did make a safe move. And really, this is going to, I mean, it's going to cat up. It's going to help them maybe get to that second round. I don't know how much really it's going to upgrade them unless we see something totally different we haven't seen from Carson Wentz, which is a possibility. But at the same time, I just don't know if really, like, how much this really is going to help. But I think it's good for both sides. And really, the big, the biggest thing for Carson Wentz is, like you mentioned, there is no looming backup quarterback to really take his position unless you're going to give, I think, Jacob, oh, wait, is Brissett still on the team? Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby yeah, Brissett he, is still on the he team. He may be a free agent, though. I have to Yeah, exactly. So I think they're going to do their best not to even give him no stress, give him that title. Because we all know he already, he's probably seeing Ghost right now having Nick Bowles take his thing. We have Hurts took his title. So. Hey, man, he's he's not Sam Darnold when it comes to seeing Ghosts. Yeah, 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 exactly. Sneak this, but okay, Mac. But, yeah, I, just, well, I think we're on the same page here, Mac. Really, the Eagles, I just I, I hope they just do better. Realistically, I hate the Cowboys, let's be honest. So let's go they do better. <laughs> Man, I, I just don't know rolling with Jalen Hurts for a whole season as your starting quarterback. That seems really risky to me. 
Really? Nah, you gotta put some respect on his name, Mac. I think he did good last year. Then they pulled him out in the in a playoff and basically well they could have kicked the Washington football team at the playoffs. So they really I mean, I think Jalen Hurts showed himself that he's a some I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do draft a quarterback in this upcoming draft, but I do feel like they have a franchise quarterback in Jalen Hurts who can do a lot of things. Interesting times ahead, and that's another one to mark off the quarterback carousel, so now we just got to wait for more movement in the NFL. All right, let's switch gears and talk about the NBA. Uh, let's talk about Draymond Green. He's making a bit of a name for himself recently with these uh, post-game interviews <laughs> with the media. It almost seems like the rants are kind of becoming his thing. And, uh, you know, this week he had something really interesting to say when it comes to uh, players and teams when it comes to trades. You know, he compared James Harden's situation where he you know made a made a fuss to get out of houston and compared it to how the cavaliers are treating andre drummond right now because they are they're openly trying to move him and uh, he had this to say in the in the uh, post-game media conference at some point as players we need to be treated with the same respect and have the same rights that the team can have because as a player you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation but a, but a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to stay in shape. He is to stay professional, and if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players. All right, from so having heard like that, that uh, Gary, what are your opinions? Is Draymond right? Is there a double standard when it comes to dealing with teams and players? Man, Mac, I kind of been on the path of what Draymond's saying and I actually feel for him what he's saying because you I know you're calling it a rant and you're saying that he's doing all this uh, uh, doing all this stuff all the time and Mac I've been thinking he's he's speaking the truth for the players and I mean I give him respect like they have a, they're a big part of the entity of the NBA obviously they're the main product they're the entertainment on the floor and I believe that they're just telling the really the owners and the public, the fans themselves, that we need to be treated, the spectators really, that we need to be treated with the same respect in terms of how you're going to look at us after the fact. And I agree, like, let's just take the example he even used, or he didn't even use, but you could just come to my mind. Like, when LeBron left Cleveland the first time, we all know what happened. Jerseys were burned, booze from the ceiling, just probably the, probably the worst reaction in fan history in the NBA, probably sports history. And, like... Even Durant, yeah. Durant, oh yeah, maybe I was close to it in my lifetime, I think. And Durant leaving too, you know, okay, see him getting teared down too, as not as much as LeBron in my opinion, but still getting teared down. And like I don't know, understand why we have this thing where, Mac, if you have a job, you can leave anywhere you want, right? Like no one's gonna be like, hey, Mac, boo you, boo the city that you just left. Like you left Sacramento, now you're gonna go do some work in Seattle. Like, no one's going to come boo you in Sacramento for leaving for another job. Like, I just don't understand that part of why fans, and obviously I'm a fan too, like, we take that to heart. Like, I know maybe it's because our generation now, well, I feel like generation switched to obviously we love players more, so we're fine with player movement. That's how we got detached from, you know, like, more like the NFL liking a team. So I feel like that it's our fault, really, to be honest with you, like, it's the, he's right. Like, we if why is there a thing when James Harden asks for a trade, he's getting everyone's talking mad mess about him, mad bleep about him. But when the Cavs say, hey, we're about to trade so and so, or the players on the trading block, like, oh, fans are like, yep, trade him, trade him away. It's all good. Like, why can't it just be both ways? I think that's all he's mentioning. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's fair. Like, I think like their lives are getting shifted and moved. And I've always been a player type person. So I believe that Draymond's right. And I really think that. 
it's not really an issue that can be like head on fixed by any particular person, you know. It's kind of just has to be a way of acknowledging like, okay, both ways are fine. You can't just be a hypocrite basically in mow one way. So and I know everyone's gonna probably say, Oh, they're getting paid and all these things like that, but hey guys, yeah, they might be millionaires, but who's controlling the narrative really they're trying to say is the billionaires. The the owners are controlling the narrative. Hey fans, hate this player. He wants to leave us. He's a bad person. James Harden is just creating all this commotion. But you want him to when he wants to be on the trading block to act perfectly holly jolly. Like what? Like no, this makes no sense. So like I just think I agree with Draymond like Let's just make this thing equal and fans, if I think they're basically, I think that was just a reach out to fans, just guys, see it the same way. I think that's what it was, just see it the same way. That's what I think that's what, I think that was his bigger message in the end of the day. Yeah, it's interesting. I think uh, the reason why it hasn't really been talked about a lot when it comes to, when it, on the team side, when they're, you know, benching a player and having him in street clothes on the bench, still essentially being a cheerleader is because I think a lot of the guys that happens to, they just kind of accept it. And I think that's, you know, part of the reason why you don't hear a lot about it. You know, I specifically remember when the, what the Kings did to Zach Randolph, you know, when they basically told him, you know, you're not going to be playing, but, you know, we still like you as a locker room mentor type figure. So it's it's a slippery slope. I do, I do think he's right. Like he is speaking a lot of facts coming from, I like hearing what the players have to say on this. And well, I made. Well, I did call it a rant in the intro to this segment. <laughs> I wasn't with a negative connotation, gotcha, you know. Gotcha, it's just gotcha. for the sake of brevity, you know. It mm. is what it is. But I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with him either. And you know, I think there is a double standard, but it's one that's going to be really hard to fix. I think. I mean, you talked about the fans' attachment to players, and I think it happens more in the NBA because it's a little bit less of a of a team sport than something like football, right? Where there's so many guys on the field, you know, you could watch somebody play 40 minutes a game for a basketball team. And that's why I think fans are a little bit more attached to those guys. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tricky situation. I'm not really sure if anything can or will be done with this really. Well, let's switch gears real quick. I got a question for you, Matt. Just came to the top of my head. Well, before I even say that, I was going to say, too, like, even the Harrison Barnes situation when in the, in the middle of a game he knows he gets traded and had to pull him out. Now, that is not a good that thing. Was so, that was so wild. That, I remember see, that's that. That's the thing, like, oh, half a player walked in the middle of the game, trade me, I'm done with this team. Have Beal walk down the second quarter, I'm done with this team, trade me. What? They'd be like, what? So I think just like Dwayne Wade was saying, too, Full communication on both sides. If I'm a player, just tell me straight up. There's been so many times I've been hearing players, which I feel like is so disrespectful. Like, oh, I got hurt on the phone. I heard on this. I heard on that. Like, not hearing from the team itself that you play on, I think, is a big problem. And I think teams try to save people's hearts. Like, a couple years ago, they try to save the Lakers, all the Lonzo kids, all those hearts for not getting traded, you know? And, like, I think they, they got, you got to, if you're going to be in that situation, if you're asking for what they're asking for, then you have to do what Magic Johnson did in that situation, which was walk into a locker room, like, this is a business. Everyone could get traded. Everyone could not get traded. You can't make that affect the team chemistry or nothing like that because that's the business of the NBA. So I think they take your business both ways. I think it'll be it'll be fine instead of trying to be business sometimes and trying to be heartfelt to the fans. Like, no, don't leave us. I think that's the issue. But I want to switch gears to real quick to ask you a question. Is this a big problem in the NBA, you think? Trading all these players, these high-profile players asking for trade. We can go down the list. We could say James Harden asked for a trade. Westbrook asked for a trade. Who else? Jimmy Butler asked for a trade. We've seen we have seen Anthony Davis ask for a trade. We've seen Kawhi Leonard ask for a trade. So many look, all these high top-notch guys are about to be on the All-Star team right here coming up down the down the pipe. 
all ask for a trade from the former teams. Do you think that's an issue? What do you think about that? In my opinion, I just think it's if you're not like Le like LeBron left, he left the right way when his contract was over. But I had no pre no problem if any player wants to leave because when the team's doing bad, you gonna trade them. So when they don't like the team going on, they I believe they should be wanting to get traded. So what do you think? So you're asking me if there's a problem with uh, so many trade demands? Profile. Yeah. I don't think it's a problem, but it has been happening a lot more recently, mm-hmm. I think, in the last few seasons than it has when I was growing up. You know, I did, well, I didn't really follow basketball as closely as I do now, which may have something to do with it, but I think there is a bit more urgency to find yourself in a winning situation rather than trying to tough it out for like five or six years and trying to build a team from the ground up, so... I don't have a problem with it, no. Yeah, okay, we're on the same page there then. Because I was like, even, uh, like you said, bailing out quick, man, sometimes they don't even bail out quick. They give you seven years. You get the, we talked about this before, they give you, you get the rookie contract plus the contract, the extension after that. Five to six years to seven years, you got a player. And if you can't build a winning player franchise culture by then, then what do you want the player to do, waste his whole career here? So that's why I'm saying, Bradley Beal, this is what I'm telling you. Ask for a trade. Get out of there. Get out of Washington. I think I don't think he'll do that, but we'll see. About Not yet. Bradley End of the Beal. season, though. Watch. Well, let's come on home. Let's do our first segment of the Royal Check-In. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. When we last talked about them, they were skirting that 500 line. They were skirting the positive side of that 500 line. What were they? Uh, 12 and 10? 11 and 10? Something like that. 12 and 12, to be honest with you, I think. Yeah, but they were doing well. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all gone now. They've lost four in a row. <laughs> they are sitting at twelve at and sixteen, <laughs> and everybody's getting hurt now. Uh, Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes missed the game against the Miami Heat with injuries, and their two-way player Metu he's out for four to six weeks because of a fractured wrist. Because he was hit by Jonas Valanciunas on a play, hanging on the rim, and Jonas threw him down, which I think is really dirty. I guess the question here, Gary, is what the hell has happened to the Sacramento Kings? <laughs> Man, it's the same thing as always. Can't put it another way. Inconsistency. We go on a five-game win streak, go on a five-game losing streak. It's just they haven't built, and I thought they were building some defensive uh, consistency during the win streak. They have gotten off of that now. Uh, like you said, it's hitting bad times with um, Darren Fox, Bagley, like you mentioned, those two players now. The other two players you mentioned again now getting injured. So, I mean, it is not good right now in terms of also the schedule coming up for the Kings. So, it's looking like a hard-fought battle, but it's the same thing, Mac. Uh, TNT guys, Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, and Charles talked about it right at the post game. Surprised had a 10-minute conversation about the Kings. And they just kept mentioning, like, they're not getting over the hump and things of that nature. And Charles, like, how many years can we say they're young? And Charles, you know, Shaq saying they're young, give them a chance, you know? So it's like, I think Ernie, uh, the Kenny, the Jet Smith put it the best way possible. Like I said, preseason, like we talked about before, a winning culture. Winning or that means winning organization. You could bring all the players in you want. You could bring everyone, unless you're not getting like LeBron James or somebody who's really gonna change the culture. He's not just changing the team, not just stacking up talent. That's a chain a culture changer. They're just gonna have to slowly build that. And I know it feels like I mean obviously we're the longest tenure team that hasn't made the playoffs. So that is gonna be something that 
really we're gonna have to keep building and working for they got De'Aaron luckily De'Aaron's still in his third year third or fourth year I believe and you know he's still making strides to become a better player they gotta find a rota rotation you know we, we all know they're gonna I think they're gonna move forward with obviously a rookie Halliburton and obviously Fox going forward and man they're just gonna have to find they just gotta get defensive down man that, that's the thing we can keep preaching it preaching it preaching it and even the players they can say like they even you can tell in the interviews. I watched the post game interviews almost every day every, after every game. They keep saying basically it's not meant. It seems like that's not Luke's fault. It seems like it's just simply players not executing and buckling down. And when they got buckled down, they buckled down. And when they had those three four games of practices, they buckled down. So hopefully they need a young team like this needs a couple of those days again. Hopefully they'll get that soon. I think I think Blincy is on the trading block. I think obviously because they've been playing them a lot more all of a sudden. I know maybe the injuries, but. All of a sudden, he's getting a lot more minutes. We all know how he's a great player, but defensive liability, which they can't have on the floor right now at the moment. I think Buddy might be on the training block as how, how much Halliburton might be a part of the future. Barnes might be the part of the training block because you might not get a higher tag for him right now. So maybe, Mac, maybe a question throw to you. Who do you think we should get rid of probably soon here? Because I know Monty McNair, our general manager, wanted to give some space, I know, going into next season. So... There's a lot of questions right now. We're going to be hopefully right now at the 11th, 12th seed. We're only two games back. Well, we're one game back from the 10th to make that playoff kind of area. And we're actually only like three games back from uh, the Warriors at the 7th seed. So, Mac, still believe in our Kings. We can hopefully make some noise, but we got to get some consistency somewhere. Man, poor Jabari Parker still can't get a game. Even when everybody uh, hurts, no. still can't get a game. I don't know. <laughs> that is kind of weird to me. That is a little weird. Um... You know, there was an interesting point that somebody brought up on the uh, on the Kings broadcast here. They were playing the Miami Heat on uh, on Thursday night, and somebody brought up that you know maybe it was because you know they were riding De'Aaron so hard, you know, during that winning streak when he was having those amazing fourth quarter runs. Maybe they just kind of run out of gas a little bit. I don't know. You know, like I said, I came into the season with pretty low expectations. I expected them to be close to the basement, if not in it. But, I mean, I still have faith in this team. But, you know, I do. there are a lot of things that Monty needs to decide on and he needs to do it quickly. Uh, I think if you're going to move Harrison Barnes, this is the time to do it. Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right. You're not going to get more for him than you are now. Don't make the mistake you made with DeMarcus Cousins and trade him too early or too late or without taking a bunch of offers. You know, if you're going to do it, do it and take the right package take the, what you can get the most of uh you know buddy's such a confusing character i don't really know what to do with him anymore hmm. i would you know i would like to keep him just because i know when he's on it he's on it but when he's not on it it's it's just a drag but i mean i like i said it would depend on what we could get for him like i don't think it's too much to ask for a first and a starter right for Buddy for Hill, Buddy, for, mm, I, well, mean, I mean, if he's like you said, he's off, he's off, and like when he's on, he's on. But like, I don't know. I get Buddy. You know, like this year, I want to give him a little props. He had, he's been stepping up in areas. You know, he usually doesn't step up defense. He's been slightly stepping up playmaking a little bit more. So I, I gotta say, I do love the effort from the fringe guys. You know, your Kyle guys, your DeQuan Jeffries, your Metus, your Glenn Robinson the thirds. I love the effort I'm seeing from those guys. And the contributions they're making to the team right now. Okay. This is why I'm not the GM and why I'm just a pundit. <laughs> effort points don't get us no wins. Don't be naming those guys. Don't be your naming guys for effort. We're Kings fans. That's all we got. 
Oh, God, man. I don't know. I think all I know is Halliburton and Fox are our future. See, I want to trade Barnes because it's a high trade value right now. and But, like, same time, like, you got to keep some vets on the team to, you know, build that camaraderie. Like, how else do you build a winning culture? You got to have some vets, like a guy, like a Harrison Barnes who won a championship. So, hopefully, ingrained that already in them. My sphere about trading Buddy is, like, we trade Buddy, but then how if we, we got, I feel like we're going to need a Buddy-type player later. So it's like... Right, it's exactly but it. But I think Halliburton can fill Buddy's role. He can maybe be consistent more on the three. He's been doing good this year, as we know. He's a way better playmaker than Buddy, and defensively, he'd just be finding lanes, so... But is he ready now? I think he's ready now. He's been playing fourth quarters. Mm-hmm. He's been playing end of the yeah. game fourth quarters. He's been hitting some big-time shots, really. But I think you're right. They might have rode De'Aaron Fox too hard. He might have hit a wall. Hopefully not, but... Man, they're going to have to keep riding this thing out. You know, it's a wavy season, so let's get back on the other wave. All right, next three games are against the Bulls on Saturday, against the Bucks on Sunday, and against the Nets on Tuesday. What are you looking for? One win, two win? Can they pull off three wins? I don't think they can. I don't know what they could do, Mag. Oh, Chicago, Bucks, and Nets? Uh... I don't know, Mac. I just don't know. Chicago, this has been Zach Levine. I think he came up here and already beat us one time, and he's been doing good. Bucks has been on the downfall. He, re- so he remembers that offer sheet back in 2016. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Man, I wish we had them, too. That would have been a cool connection with those two. Yeah, Brooklyn, we're going to lose Brooklyn. Milwaukee might just be come out and beat us down because they're mad they lost. this. They've been on a bad streak. So, hey, man, there ain't no easy nights in the NBA. Simple as that. That's going to do it for this week's edition of No Limits on the State Hornet Podcast Network. Go check out all the other podcasts on statehornet.com and go check out all the stories. And we'll see you guys back here next week for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.